Hello from the 2018 Equal Justice Conference in sunny San Diego, California. I'm Kimberly Sanchez. I'm Jim Sandman. I am Betty Bailly Torres. I'm Carol Bergman. Nicole Nelson. I'm Vicki Selko. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. Thank you so much for joining us on the road. I have this amazing panel in front of me, and so I'm going to let them all introduce themselves quickly. Well, why don't we start with you, Jim? I'm Jim Sandman. I'm president of the Legal Services Corporation, which is the country's largest funder of civil legal aid programs for low-income people. I'm Betty Baitores. I'm the executive director of the Texas Access to Justice Foundation, and we are the largest state-based funder of civil legal aid in Texas. I'm Carol Bergman. I'm the vice president for government relations and public affairs at the Legal Service Corporation in Washington. That means I'm responsible for making sure we have support from Congress in order to keep being funded. That's a tough job. This is Nicole, and I'm the executive director of Alaska Legal Services. We're the LSE-funded grant recipient in our state, and I'm the statewide director of our legal aid program. I'm Vicki Selko. I'm the Legislative and Compliance Director for Legal Action of Wisconsin, which is Wisconsin's largest provider of free civil legal aid. We help low-income people solve the problems that are affecting their life, their housing, their safety, and their employment um, in 39 counties in Wisconsin. Wow, that's an, that's fantastic. So um, for our listeners, this is a panel that has lots and lots of uh, different perspectives uh, that we're going to talk about today. So it's really great to have you all here. And thank you very much for everything uh, that you do to help uh, the legal service Corporation and um, and our legislatures understand all the cool stuff that we do. So I think I want to start just a little bit by talking about the panel uh, that you had at the, the workshop we talked about today, and um, it's called Educating Legislators 2.0. Um, so I think it would be really cool if we started out by talking about the differences between 1.0 and 2.0 and why we think this is really an important issue for our listeners. Thank you, Kimberly. Uh, we do this program, Educating Legislators About Legal Aid, for several reasons. First, government funding, government appropriations are one of the principal sources of funding for legal aid programs. Legislators are, in effect, donors, funders. What nonprofit wouldn't keep important donors informed about what they're doing, give them feedback, thank them for what they're doing. So part of our goal is to educate our audience about how they should educate their donors, a principal donor, legislatures, about what they're doing with the hard-earned taxpayer money that's entrusted to them to spend. We also do it because legal aid programs are important sources of service for the constituents of legislators. So if a legislator has a constituent who is facing an eviction or a foreclosure, is a victim of domestic violence and needs a protection order, often they'll contact their legislator to ask where they can turn for help. And we think it's important that they know that they can refer constituents like that to their local legal aid organization. In addition, lawyer membership in legislatures today is at an all-time low. So a lot of legislatures come to the issue of whether or not they should fund legal aid, not knowing anything about what legal aid is and why they should care about it. So we think it's important that they be brought up to speed. And finally, the Legal Services Corporation has a restriction that applies to our grantees. They can't lobby legislatures and they can't engage in grassroots lobbying. That is, they can't ask others to lobby for them. So we think it's important that they understand the difference between educating legislators, which is perfectly appropriate, and lobbying legislators for particular 
votes on legislation, which is not. The difference between our 1.0 program, which we've done for some years, and 2.0 is that 2.0 is all about how to sustain and further develop relationships. We're talking about ongoing relationships, not, not a one-time educational session. So we offer ideas about how legal aid programs can spotlight particular initiatives that they're taking, invite legislators to visit their offices, observe intake, and deepen the relationship over time. Mm-hmm. So that's excellent. Thank you. And I am interested to hear from you, Betty, because you are not an LSE-funded program, correct? That's right. Right. And so tell me, like, from your perspective, how this is this conversation sort of goes in your arena, right, and how we're, we're helping. Well, absolutely. Um, we are very fortunate to have a lot of legislative support in Texas, but it didn't just come to us. Um, as Jim said, it's really about developing relationships. We understand that the legal aid programs cannot lobby for themselves. So as you know, the largest funder in our state, we felt it was important for us to take on that role. And we work with partners, including the Texas Access to Justice Commission, the State Bar, and others to give that message and to talk to the legislators and um, to tell the story, to tell the important story of legal aid and how it saves lives and how it changes lives. Mm -hmm. And Nicole, from an LSC-funded program, um, tell me a little bit about how that, for you, how that works for you particularly. Sure. So, again, as an LSC-funded program, we can't lobby, but that, um, but what we can do is educate um, our local, state, and federal politicians about the good work that we're doing at, at Legal Aid. And so, you know, that is really important information that our that our politicians really need to know to so they're in a best position to add you know to do their job which would include um, providing funding for our important services so my job when I um, talk to our politicians at the local level state or federal level is just making sure that they know about the important work that we're doing the areas that are impact how our services are impacting the community and what um, you know, the latest um, developments that are happening within Alaska Legal Services. I want them to know, um, to be at home within my community and know us by name when somebody's coming in. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Carol, I think it's important as we talk about this, it sounds like there are a couple of barriers here. And I would just think one of them is a little scary just to go up to your legislature and be like, hey, uh, we need some help here. And how do you start that conversation? And what do they say when you have that conversation with them? Well, you know, I think there's also the difference between what happens in Washington and what happens in the field. So in Washington, what we do with my staff is we are meeting with members all the time and we try and do it strategically and we go in and when the budget goes up in February and we try and meet with as many members as possible. So certainly we're talking with the folks who are on the appropriations committee that handles legal services budget, our oversight committees, but we also try and reach out to as many new members and as many lawyers as possible. You know, we can't survive in this political climate unless we have strong bipartisan support. And what we've learned over the years is that people who have a legal background, whether it's the member of Congress or the staff, approach this, they get it in a very different kind of way than folks who don't. Um, Most people who have been to law school can imagine the challenge of being in a courtroom when one side is represented and the other is not. When we're sitting down with somebody who doesn't have a legal background, it's a different conversation. 
Most folks think they get it, but they don't necessarily appreciate the difference between civil and criminal and don't recognize that you do not have a right to a lawyer in a civil case and what that means. So there are different kind of conversations. In the district, in a lot of what these panels are about in terms of trying to encourage our executive directors and other staff to develop relationships with members is to get over that fear factor, to get over the intimidation. We try and go through really a how-to. How can you do this so that you can feel comfortable? And one of the key ways is legislators are people. It's about finding a point of, uh, a way to communicate. You want to do your history, you want to do your background, you want to know what they're interested in, what they voted on. You want to be able to come in and be able to talk with them about things that you know matter to them. This is about Legal services is about constituent services. It's providing a resource to their constituents in their district. And the more that either we in Washington can talk about what does it actually look like in your community, who are the grantees, who is eligible for legal services, and what does this work look like, and that's what we hope and try and encourage our executive directors to do in the field. What am I doing every day? How am I a resource to your constituents? Yeah, and it seems like collaboration is the key is what I'm hearing. And it's great because at this at this table is a panel of people, I, like I said earlier, from very different pieces of this puzzle. So Vicki, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, your experiences? Sure. So at Legal Action of Wisconsin, we were new to doing this. We did not have a regular way of talking to, or sort of a history, a built-in history institutionally of talking to legislators at the state level or our members of Congress about what we were doing. And I think we're a good example and hopefully a reassurance to other programs that they can do this too. It's not that hard. Um, Jim said this morning that he, you know, all programs should be encouraged to do this and he says it should be mandatory. And I think it should be a built-in part of every legal aid's culture and programming that that they know they've got to go tell these stories of what we do to um, the legislators at all levels who are making decisions about issues, not only about the LSE funding, but about other issues that affect our work and our practice. And if no one else, if we're not telling those stories to them, no one else is going to. We have powerful stories to tell, and we need to be educating them about what we do and the value it provides to their constituents. Yeah, we had some success this year. Isn't that right? Yes, Congress increased funding for the Legal Services Corporation by $25 million to $410 million, the highest level we've been at since 2011. That's incredible. And, and part of this is probably because we've been talking about, you have been spearheading talking about these kinds of things. Have you seen that that's been a result of? I think it's a, been a team effort, and the result uh, had a lot of different causes, but certainly there's been an awful lot of outreach from many quarters, not only legal aid programs educating their legislators about what they do back home, but we've had support from, for example, 251 corporate general counsel, corporate America speaking up and saying, why as a matter of the rule of law, robust funding for legal aid matters? We've heard from judges, from the Conference of Chief Justices and the Conference of State Court Administrators. We've heard from a bipartisan group of state attorneys general, law enforcement, speaking up about the connection between criminal law enforcement and civil legal aid and why the two should go hand in hand. There have been a lot of explanations. For, I think the, the bottom line is our story is getting across and when people hear it, they understand that it's something good and worthy. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right, and um, it seems like these kinds of conversations that we're having, and even the non-LSC funded programs like yours, Betty, that are kind of pulling up the flag, and yours too, Vicky, that are you know saying this is not scary, and we can do it, and we should be doing it together, telling the same story. 
Um, do you have any success stories that you'd like to share? Well, I, you know, in Texas, we've, we've had a lot of success. Um, and I really accredit it uh, to leadership, to Supreme Court leadership. Uh, our Chief Justice and our liaison and the entire Supreme Court is deeply committed to access to justice. And so when you have the Supreme Court leading, that helps with local yeah. bars that, to come in. And, is he and talking to other Chief Justices? Absolutely. <laughs> As a matter of fact, he was just in North Carolina, I think, two day, on Tuesday and in Idaho before that and Indiana <laughs> before that. Absolutely. They're having conversations amongst themselves. And it, it is... Um, it is important to try to have everyone at the table, but certainly, you know, this message this morning was about having legal aid programs telling their story. So it seems like the takeaway here um, is let's work together. Let's not be afraid to talk to our legislators. And uh, education is education. I mean, what else? Well, I think a big takeaway is we can never have too many friends. And so make sure that you're an ambassador for your program and telling the story as often as you can to as many people as you can. It's all very important. And I think, too, that the importance of building relationships, that you don't do this in one visit or one educational opportunity. You have to do this regularly. And you have to look for creative ways to bring legislators at all levels in to hear what you're doing and look for things they might be interested in and give them an opportunity to learn what you do in that area that you have to keep cultivating those relationships and seizing those opportunities or making opportunities um, when you can. One of one of our key goals has really been to make sure that when legislators are faced with um, thinking about LSC and LSC's budget, that they're thinking about their local programs, not about us in Washington. Yeah. Well, I think that that's um, an excellent way to end. So I would like to do that. Um, why don't you, before we close out today, I have one last question. How can you all be reached? We'll start with you, Jim. Uh, you can reach me through the Legal Services Corporation's website, lsc.gov, or you can contact me on my email, jsandman at lsc.gov. I respond to all of my own email myself. I try to do it the day I get it. I can attest to that. Sure. And you can reach me at bbtorres, T-O-R-R-E-S, at T-E-A-J-F dot O-R-G. Um, and I can be reached um, at LSC's website as well. And my email is bergmanc at lsc.gov. And I also do my best to respond to every email within 24 hours. I can be reached at Alaska Legal Services website. That's www.alsc-law.org. And, um, and at my email address, which is nnelson at alsc-law.org. And this is Vicki. You can find me through Legal Action's website at legalaction.org. Okay. Well, thank you very much, everybody. And thank you. We've reached the end of the road for today's episode. I want to thank our guests for joining us. We also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please find and rate us in Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit legaltalknetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS, find us on Twitter and Facebook, or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. 